What is going on, everyone? My name is Nick Ross, host of Circle of W Podcast, and you, my friend, have entered into the winner's circle. Inside the winner's circle, we systematically and incrementally stack small wins so we can deposit them over time and create massive momentum towards our highest potential. Those small wins, when we deposit them, it allows us to have a massive return in the future just like your investments. And this is why we work. And work is defined as sacrificing short-term gratification for the long-term betterment of ourselves. We have to create a compelling future. We have to create a hero's journey. We have to create an adventure in life where we are ready to wake up and attack the day. And that's why we set up our Mondays with Momentum. I don't care about motivation. I don't care about what you know. I care that you create and execute the plan and create momentum in your life. And we apply what we learn so we can continue to have radical change in our life way quicker than you're ever sold yourself on. And if you're coachable and you're an action taker and you do what was required, you will shorten the gap from where you currently are to where you want to be your desired state. In order to shorten that gap, we have to create momentum as quickly as possible. That momentum and inertia and power, those are all resources that you do not understand currently how to use properly in your life. But when you use them, you can change your identity, create your mission, and get fulfillment. You can master the science of achievement And you can master the art of fulfillment. And therefore, you can live an extraordinary life and have a life of choices. But first, we got to remove the masks. We have to speak to our true character. We have to dive into what drives us in life. We have to look for the patterns of behavior that continue to keep us stuck. The language, the thoughts, Everything that we use to communicate, not only to others, but to ourselves. How are you communicating to your true identity? How are you communicating daily, mentally, to yourself? Do you continue to just listen to yourself? Or do you tell the internal critic to shut the fuck up and I'm in control? I'm the boss. I want you to be able to create your own internal frameworks. These frameworks have to be connected to your skills and your attributes and to what fulfills you so you feel connected on your journey, so you show up daily, so you have a purpose. The easiest way to do that is by implementing the circle, the W, framework, and algorithm for success. These are small wins that you're underselling yourself on. Implementing this framework, you will help build yourself into an obstacle immune individual. So even when there are bad days, even when there are losses, doesn't matter because you can, you feel compelled to keep moving forward. But in order to be inside the circle of progressing excellence inside the winner's circle, you have to 
apply and execute and be aware of the six core tenets of the winner's circle. Not everyone just gets in. You have to be able to impart and work towards utilizing these daily in your life. Number one, you must choose to win today and only today. I love this saying, every man has two lives. The second one begins when you realize you have just one. What are you waiting for? Act today. Only today have you ever lived right here in this present moment. Stop living in the familiar past. Stop living in the predictable future and just live for today. Make the most of today, Monday. Be grateful and humble for the fact that you woke up, that you get a chance and a choice, that you are blessed today to use the gifts that you have to serve others. That's it. Just figure that out. If you're suffering, if you're not feeling it today, just figure that out. How can I help someone else today? How can I help move them forward? And guys, there's no action in life without faith. You have to believe you can do it. I believe you can do it. That's why I'm here. Number two, you must make a promise that is bigger than your own wants, needs, and desires. And make it known. Write it on the mirror. Whatever begins to exist has a cause. Let me say that again. Whatever begins to exist has a cause. What is your why? What is your emotional driver? What is going to fill up the tank? Once again, if you do not have evidence criteria of what your why is, then maybe that's why you haven't started. Number three, you accept and adopt the philosophy that your lack of your best hurts everyone that you love. You must build your empire brick by brick so you can leave your legacy. You do this by doing what you can today. Do the best that you can today and rest very little. You don't need balance right now if you're not where you want to be. You need to figure out what I'm able to tolerate. How many hours can I work a week and not suffer? How much play and pleasure do I need a week? How much can I sacrifice for work? You have to push the boundaries. You have to push your own false beliefs and misconceptions about how much you can get done in a day. We all have the same amount of time. If you didn't find time to do it right the first time, when are you going to find time to do it again? And you don't, and you know that. Otherwise, it's going to be really difficult, guys. Number four, you will never lie to the person looking back to you in the mirror and you let the dead wood burn. I've said this multiple times. Do not get upset about the results you didn't get from the work you did not put in. You have to be honest with yourself. Only you know, and no one knows you better than you. All these thoughts, all this thinking that you do, let's understand it. The purpose of thinking is so that your thoughts die instead of you. What you're really doing when you're running all of those thoughts and you're thinking nervously and just running every situation through your mind, you're actually splitting yourself into a multiplicity of selves. 
many of which you are going to allow to die so you don't have to. It's like you have an idea and you play that idea out in your imagination. And if when you play it out in your head and you think through it, the consequences or the results of the thoughts of what you want isn't what you want, then you just kill off the thought, the dream, the decision, and you don't do it. And so bits and pieces of your ego, your lowest self, doesn't have to die. And if you're going through painful experiences and you're going through painful situations and every day seems like a burden, the, all this pain that you're holding on to, you have to allow it to burn. The only way to do that is to unpack it. Pain only leaves you when it's done teaching you the lesson. The problem is people don't tell the truth to themselves. Most people are so numb to the pain, they don't even realize they have it. They're completely unaware, feeding themselves lies like painkillers to numb the truth, to numb the pain. Lies are the painkillers your ego, your lowest self feeds you to continue to numb the pain so it can live instead of your highest self. This is why you have to look in the mirror and tell the truth. You have to detach from the imposter syndrome and the self-sabotager and the superego so you can actually address the problems head on in your life. Allow yourself to feel the tension and weight of your life. Without that weight, you cannot create change. And what you're trying to do is protect the ego. You're trying to protect the imposter by not telling the truth. So you continue to allow it to lie to you. Why? Why? You're running out of time. The ego and all the split personalities and personas that you don't want to allow die, those are the things that are hurting you. Those are the things that are biting you. You continue to cling on to these bits and pieces of yourself that you know are not worthy of you. I spend so much time on every episode on this because this is one of the most important things that you can do. Literally, look yourself in the eye and have a con honest conversation about who you want to be and what you do not want to tolerate in your life. I'm not talking about hypothetically. I'm talking about going into the bathroom, shutting the door, and having a long, serious talk with yourself and start figuring some shit out. If you don't do this, the problems in your life, your family, in your business, in your spiritual development, all of these problems, all of this noise, it's going to get loud. It's going to get a lot bigger. And then when you do finally have to solve the problem head on, it's going to incapacitate you because the weight, the existential weight of the problem in your life will crush you. Pain creates tension. Tension creates change. If you allow these conflicts in your life to continue to be delayed, the conflict multiplies. Look yourself in the mirror and have an honest conversation. Number five, you will run up the score in life, business, and relationships in all areas of your life. If you can be great in one area of your life, why can't you be great in every area of your life? 
This is not an option. This is a requirement. You need a relationship between you and your hypothetical best version of yourself. You need to start a romantic conversation and relationship with that person. Intimately is the word I was looking for. So you have to keep your foot on the gas pedal, even when you're winning. You have to test your extremes and your limits. How far are you willing to go for your vision of yourself? How much stamina do you have to chase your dreams? Run up the score, even when it's good. Pile on 10 extra strengths. Double down and run it up. When you're winning, continue to win because that's what winners do. Number six, you seek answers, not emotions. No one, and I mean nobody, has the power to upset you. What others think, what they might believe, what they say, what they expect of you, those are prison bars to a cell. To break free of all of that anxiety, worry, doubt, and fear, you must realize that those bars are lining their cage, not yours. You are free to walk away at any point from the emotional situation that you might be upset about. It all depends on how long you want to stay in your own personal hell. If you seek answers first and you're not emotionally driven to make bad decisions or not take the actions that you need to take and you first become emotionally stable and make the good decisions, your life will radically change. You will meet new people, have new opportunities a lot quicker than you ever thought possible. Guys, before we get into episode number three, <laughs> three, episode 23, just a reminder, guys, there are no fees, no ads, nothing. This is all organic. So, guys, all I ask is that you please leave a review, a rating, a comment. You share this podcast with someone that might be going through something and could use some uplifting messaging in a way to create success in their life. If you find anything to be helpful, please leave a review, a rating, share the episode. I highly, highly appreciate it. Episode 23, our topic is the big five. And these are five traits of the temperament. It's called ocean. And I want you to learn these so you can learn to swim in life. You have to learn to swim. And in order to do this, I want you to understand the big five traits and how they're going to apply to your life. They will also allow you to start figuring out what you want. If you don't know who you are, which by the way, the only thing that you are is who changes yourself, but you have to know your temperament. And when you know your temperament, you can make sure you're aligned with the things that you want in life, your career, your relationships, your communication, your business. If you are cross-referenced or cross-aligned from your temperament, you could be really lost, confused, unfulfilled, sad. So if you don't know about ocean, we're going to talk about it and break it down today. I've taken nearly every personality test that's out there because I, my whole entire life, been fascinated with the human condition, why people do the things that they do. Ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to be a forensic psychologist. I wanted to go to John Jay College in New York City, and I used to study like crazy serial killers and criminals and criminal stories and murder mysteries. I mean, my whole entire life, like 
you name a murder mystery or some kind of show about criminals and breaking down their psychology, I probably watched it. I've watched probably every damn episode of Forensic Files. I used to go to sleep to it. I love psychology. I love why people do the things that they do or the understanding of it. And so I have personally gone through different ones for businesses. And the one that I find and I relate and I think most people gravitate towards is OCEAN. And what it is is an acronym for five traits that stand for openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. And we'll go through these and see where you fall. Do some more research on this. This is very important for, like I said, for your relationships, for your job you work at. If you're an entrepreneur, you should absolutely know these so you can hire and find people that are at your weaknesses or areas that you don't score so well. Or you can identify what I need to double down on. I'm really, really big on finding your strengths and then double downing on those strengths and hiring people that you might not be so good at. And then going through this and assessing some of these weaknesses you definitely need to work on. So I'm not just saying that to hire someone in, in place of that instead of doing the work and having the honest conversation, but go through, assess where you fall. So the first one's openness, and this is just going to describe someone's level of curiosity and their willingness to try new things. Um, if you score high and trait openness, you could be described as, you know, being interested in a lot of different activities. You're going to be the creative type. You're going to be interested in philosophical ideas and learning and trying and being challenged by new things. If you're low on trait openness, you could be described as someone who's more adverse to change, someone who likes more routine and pro, uh, predictability and doesn't like the, uh, the excitement of a new challenge or a new thing or a new adventure. And these people in businesses can also be a problem because they can be bottlenecks in implementation of change where they're late adopters or they don't adopt change at all. And I see a lot of these people uh, get fired or go from companies quite quickly because they're just not open to new ideas. And make sure that if you're a creative type and you are very open and you get fulfillment from new ideas and implementing new things and being creative and creating, that you're putting yourself in a job or a situation where you're allowed to do that or at least have a hobby you know, in your day, in your week, in your month that you're spending some time with that allows you to do those things. The next is conscientiousness. And this is going to refer to people who act with thought, discipline, and control. If you score high on trait openness, you're going to be uh, orderly, industrialist. Uh, you're going to, it's one of the highest predictors of lifetime success in someone's life apart from IQ. IQ is the number one predictor for lifetime success. You're going to be goal-oriented. You're going to have good impulse control. People like this show attention to detail. They're organized. They have good work ethic. And most importantly, conscientious people are also emotionally stable. If you score low in conscientiousness, you may be less structured, less focused, and more impulsive and distracted by things going on in your life. And this could be a reason why you're not moving forward. Once again, conscientiousness is one of the best predictors for success. If you are low in conscientiousness, you have to work on this. This is extremely important in sales and leadership, influence, persuasion, and communication the biggest skill sets that you have to learn in life. If you are low in conscientiousness, I can't even, I don't even like being around you, let alone working with you. It's very frustrating for me and a lot of other people. So if you're 
rate low in that, get to work on it right away and start researching how. E is extroversion, and this is gonna, as many, most of you know, just focus on someone's social behavior. If you score high on extroversion, you're gonna do really well in client-facing roles in any company, customer service, sales. Um, you know, this is gonna be how bubbly you are, how much you talk, how social you are, how positive you are, and how assertive you are. If you're more extroverted, you're going to challenge and just be more comfortable and confident challenging and testing people, which is great in sales and leadership positions. Uh, you also receive energy from being around people. You feel comfortable speaking to new people and making friends. You enjoy larger groups and being at events and like sharing your thoughts and opinions, which goes back to being assertive. If you score low on this, uh, on extroversion, you could be described as an introvert. And that means that you gain your energy from just being alone, the solitude, and you may feel more emotionally exhausted by social events. If that's you, there's nothing wrong with that. But understand, put yourself in situations or a job or hobbies or roles that, that suit where you fall on the level of extroversion to introversion. Next, we have agreeableness, and this refers to how a person treats others, but also manages conflict. And so you're going to prioritize social harmony. If you score high in this, you're going to treat others kindly, you're going to behave compassionately, and you tend to be conflict adverse. You could also, if you're at the extreme of this, be someone who doesn't negotiate. If you're too agreeable, you're not going to negotiate for what you want in life. You could be a people pleaser, which leads to you focusing way too much on making others happy and not making yourself happy and getting clarity of what you want in life. But a person who scores low on agreeableness may be more conflict prone and suspicious and argumentative. This person may also have a tendency to be uh, to act more selfishly. If you're really, really high in disagreeableness, you probably might be a narcissist as well or sociopath. You're going to be more blunt. You're going to be less conflict avoidant. So you're going to look for it more often. They could be more callous and unkind, cruel and antisocial. So if you're highly disagreeable on the extreme end, man, yeah, you're going to want to work on those traits for sure. And then lastly, neuroticism. This is the tendency to experience negative emotions such as fear, anger, anxiety, guilt, and shame. I spend a lot of time on neuroticism, and it refers to a person's emotional stability, which is highly important in one of our six core tenets. A person who scores high on neuroticism may have lower emotional stability, which includes being easily stressed out, being prone to mood swings, feeling more insecure, constantly worrying and feeling anxious. Now, if you score low on neuroticism, you may have more regulated moods, higher self-confidence, less imposter syndrome, and this helps with maintaining stressful situations and viewing circumstances more optimistically. If you are high in trait neuroticism, life is extremely difficult. Now, what's important to know as you're going through these is the combination if you are highly neurotic and you are disagreeable and you are introverted and you're not very conscientious, the, that's going to be a predictor for not being very successful. It's going to be a predictor for not having good relationships and, and good opportunities in life. And no one is going to want to be around you. So you really need to take some time and figure out, am I conscientious 
Am I too conscientious? Because if you're too conscientious, you worry all the time. And people don't want to be around you because you're constantly nitpicking every situation. So there's a sliding scale and how they all work together is very important. So ask yourself this question. How does this affect you? You don't want to be crossed the line in your temperament, meaning you don't want to be a conscientious person who's open doing jobs and skills or around people that aren't those or aren't allowing you to use your temperament and who you are to your fullest extent. This is why people feel trapped in the Groundhog's Day effect and they feel so unfulfilled because they are crossed the line from their temperament, especially in their career. They're in a job and a position that does not allow them to use their skill sets, their attributes, their talents, and their gifts. And this makes you feel a false sense of identity. You go, man, I'm capable of so much more, but you're allowing yourself to hit a ceiling because you're putting yourself into opportunities and situations that don't allow you to serve others. And if you can't do that while using your skill sets, attributes, talents, and gifts, your cup doesn't get filled up. If your cup doesn't get filled up, you don't have a compelling future. If you don't have a compelling future, not getting up on the first alarm and attacking the day, and the day slips by, and then the next thing you know, a six months, a year, two, five years, have gone down the road and you're still not where you want to be at the end of the day, guys, take a look at these big five personality traits, spend some time. It's not going to just be an over the night revelation. Think about your other people in your life. Where do they fall? Help them with that. Help them understand that help you, especially if you're an entrepreneur or coach, like a lot of you are like, this is so important in building your business and understanding who you are, how you communicate and interact with others, but also how you should hire and fit people into roles within your, uh, your business. So guys, I really appreciate you listening today and make sure you go out there and circle the W and win today. Think you're fucking with, I'm the fucking boss. Sim 45, white on white, that's fucking Ross. I cut them wide, I cut them long, I cut them fat.